Reached No Hope, the podcast. Gays would dance to a ballad about dead twins. Hello, 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 oh. hello. I had to burp. Sorry. Oh. I, 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 I didn't start with you. Well, that was disappointing. Yeah. It could have been like a big, very loud. it could have been like a Homer Simpson belch. I know. Something. I know. It was just like a quiet. It would have really greeted, belch. really greeted our listeners. With the um, love and care. Greetings. 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 Welcome greetings. back. Welcome back. Um, so during our little pee break, our little episode pee break, I was just thinking about how, you know, we uh, talked about Bring It On. And, you know, there's just, and again, when we talked with Busy, there's just so many adaptations. So many, so many, so many, so many adaptations. And it's like rare but once in a blue moon it works um and more recently i saw something i feel like you've seen it but we haven't talked about it yet but it is it's also an adaptation of a film an 80s film more of like a sci-fi type thing and it was so i was like i have to see what this is because it also like bizarrely won an olivier award and that is back to the future oh have you, right. Have you seen this? No, yet? I have not seen it yet, and I need oh, to see it because. Oh, I thought so, for some reason you had. I don't no. know why I thought you had, but. But you know that that Back to the Future is the the film that I have seen the dun, most times dun, at dun, the theater. Dun, 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 like I went dun, dun, to the theater yeah. seven times. Oh my god! Like when, when it came I was, out. however, when it came out, I saw I all so three of those films in the theater. Definitely, hundred percent. I saw all three of those in a movie theater. Yeah. Did you have a crush on Michael J. Fox? No, no, no. Well, first of all, I was what? I'm a couple. <laughs> I'm a couple years younger than you, but oh, so you were like two. I was like young. <laughs> Remember the days? Yeah, no, I was like fresh faced <laughs> and young. That was not the appeal. Um, I do remember like really upset being obsessed with the second film because it was in the future and he was like skating oh, around on so a hoverboard cool. and I know the, I know and I all know, of I it know, looked so very cool and the, and the ads the 3D ads oh, which yeah, now yeah, exist that's the only thing really though right well, yeah, I mean, hoverboards don't really exist no do they? I remember they kind of like half made them but they weren't really hoverboards but remember when uh, or what year was it supposed to be again a year that's like long it was supposed long to be like past but we've oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figured, yeah. Can you look yeah. that up? But all I know is none of those thing, those cool looking things came to be. All we got was like, um, you know, soul crushing like social media. <laughs> so, yay! That wasn't in there. They did not have people like uh, sustaining neck injuries, looking down, staring at their phones all day. Um, are you looking up the year for us? I am trying, but I really thought that they were saying... Hey, did you happen to watch the... Or keep singing that Alan Silvestri? you could talk about the... Yeah, you could talk about the musical I didn't want to, like... Which is why you brought this up Blow, Blow the proverbial wad, you know what I mean? So... Oh. I mean, but you know what? Let me just tell you this, Did you watch the documentary that Eric's about... Well, how that Eric Stoltz was actually cast in the film? No, no, I didn't know that. Oh, my God. There's a documentary. You need to go... There is a document... So there's, like, a a, a series that Netflix Mm -hmm. put out, like... I don't know, a couple of years ago. During the pandemic, I think. About... It was, like, five different episodes. And each of them focused on a sort of iconic film. Uh And some uh of the sort of back... 
backstory about the film. Okay. And one of them is Back to the Future. Eric Stoltz. You know who Eric Stoltz is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he was most famous for that John Hughes film, right? Yeah. Like, um, what was it? It was called? like an '80s uh, heartthrob type situation. He right? was an '80s. He was cast. Mm-hmm. He was Marty yeah. McFly. They were filming the Marty. film. They were making the movie. <laughs> yeah. They were making. They were making the movie, and oh. he was apparently not, awful. Not good. And so they pulled him. The well, film was on the verge of not being made. Michael J. And Fox was dynamite in that role. He makes him in there. He makes that film. And and they absolutely. Marty, absolutely. who is the actress that plays the mom again? Her though her voice always made me laugh. Marty. Um, so I'm so not going to get. How many times are you going to fucking do that <laughs> until I get a laugh? <laughs> if you since you know it so well. <laughs> Um, this is, I will say this about it because I'm not going to be giving anything away, but like it stays like with Wick, one exception is to stay so wildly true to the film that like, honestly, the actors too are basically doing impersonations like of the performances from the film. Like it's a little almost unnerving. And then you will never remember a single song from the score. Like it's very forgettable but they, they the do score. the Huey Lewis one right they, they do do the, power, do of love, the right? power of love near the end I mean, I, it was like rush, like lottery tickets. I feel like one should need not spend more than that <laughs> to go see it. But hey, there's like a flying DeLorean. So yeah, I was like, I definitely feel like I got my money's worth. But I was like, I couldn't tell you what a single one of those songs was. But it was the guy who did the film score, like did the, I was like, there were things that were like admirable enough about it that I was like, like okay, right. most of it was an original score, like so that I feel like they could have really like cheaped out and been ridiculous and done like just a bunch of eighties like pop songs. But um, I appreciated that they at least made an attempt to like make an original right, music. Right. But right. I'm also like, how did this show win like the Olivier Award for? Like, I, I was just very. Well, Confused. they have very different standards yes, there is musical very... theater in the UK. They do. I, I'm and not that, putting them down. I'm that, just saying. That subject may or may, may not come up again later during this episode. Oh, so. interesting. Uh, so, but yeah, if you get uh, a... the, the oh, no, Back to the Future, Back to the Future 2 mm, set was released in, in 89. Yeah. And it took place in 2015. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was actually that far in the future. But, huh. 2015 and of course as we said really the only thing that happened was 3d billboards uh-huh. and and what else what did you say uh, oh i said it didn't have soul crushing social media so i don't know what else oh right 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 yeah i don't know what else mm, yeah but um yeah i mean maybe go see it there's a question mark there were a lot of enthusiastic people in the audience that i don't think were like red red were like regular Broadway goers. So that was another thing that I was like, oh, well, you know, it's bringing people to the theater. So that's a good thing. 
Um, we are working with this um, agency, pretty mm -hmm. damn sweet, out of mm -hmm. Philadelphia. This video design agency, and so that's how I learned. That, like the, the guy was Stephen was like, you should go, you should go see it. There's a lot mm -hmm. of cool effects. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of they do a lot of cool things. But he said the same thing. He was like, I don't. He's like, as a musical. Yeah. He's like, not that I know. Like, I don't think they are musical theater aficionados. Yeah. But he he was like, I don't I don't really think it succeeds as a musical, but as a yeah as, a, as an effect laden yeah you know what experience. actually i was thinking about it on my way out of the theater and i was like i could best describe this people or i could best describe the show to people as like a cruise ship like musical meets a universal studios ride it's like a combination of those two things yeah yeah because the effects yeah. are kind of cool and it is like for moments you like almost feel like you're on one of those like universal studio rides which is right right strange so even going in you know and the audience is very different these are not people that like know musical theater so i just kind of went in like already like kind of telling myself like don't even like think of this as like something that you should be critical of and that this is even musical theater <laughs> so well it's interesting so something that i saw recently the most oh, recent okay. thing that i saw yeah. on broadway yeah was it Circle in the Square? And it was oh. Melissa Etheridge. Oh, I'm dying to know about this. I'm not like a big My window. Melissa Etheridge fan, but I'm, I'm curious. You're not. I'm not. I mean, I don't. You're not. Not like one way or the yeah. other. I'm not like, I can't stand her music. I just am not. Yeah, I've never really been like some big uh, Melissa Etheridge fan. Well, I have been. Yeah. I have been a huge Melissa Etheridge fan. Melissa Etheridge grew up in Leavenworth, Kansas. Oh. So she's like a Kansas success story. I don't think and a lot of her I, I don't knew, think a lot of her ex wives are fans of Melissa Etheridge. You know what? That is just nasty <laughs> and unnecessary. I thought, what about the new person that you're becoming and all that empathy that you were talking about last time? It, it ebbs and flows. It depends on the day. I, Oh well, it apparently in the same day. Um, so Let's spit out so my tea. <laughs> I have I started listening to Melissa Etheridge in college, and I was really obsessed. Yep. I mean, what was you your know, like? I have to say, hook, like, what was your what was the song that like like pulled you in? Um, well, it was the second album <clears> I think, <throat> which is called Never Enough. I believe is her second oh, album. Okay. And there's a song on there called The Letting Go, which is a piano ballad, oh. which oh. is devastating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that what we wanted all along? Freedom like a stone. Maybe we were wrong. But I can say goodbye now that the passion's died. Still it comes so slow. And I thought, you know, one of the things that I loved about the show so much is that in the very beginning, she... Is it literally just her? It is just her. Okay. And there is one sort of stage hand character mm. actor person that does a few things that basically is like her... Uh, um, does she have a band? What do you call... Like her MIT almost, oh, you know? Okay. It's like her instrument tech uh -huh, that like brings uh -huh. on her guitars and, and yeah. gives her a new jacket oh, and stuff like it's that. It's like every time I see Ani um, DeFranco, cause her tunings are different for every song. So like every single song, somebody's coming out to like basically yeah, give her a so, new guitar. So it, but, it, but it was just her. And I will mm. say that I, I had sort of not 
I had sort of given up the idea of going. Mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. Melissa Etheridge is a huge part of my musical history, mm. but I haven't really listened to Melissa Etheridge in quite some time. Okay. So I was like, eh. you know, I was curious. And when she was at, um, you know, she did the, she did a preview of, of the show at New World Stages. Yeah, um, I remember like there was maybe an earlier incarnation. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And the tickets were like $250. And I was like, okay. I am not going to see yeah. Melissa Etheridge in a show for $250. But uh, Brandy, uh-huh. obviously we all know Brandy. Brandy's been a guest on the show Indeed. before. Um, and we've worked with her in, in countless times. Uh, Brandy texted me and was like, are we, we going to go see Melissa Etheridge? Okay. And I was like, uh, okay, 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 okay. Like, so can John I got on, this? we got tickets to T- on TDF for like 60 bucks. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, nice. unfortunately... I feel like a lot of people um, in New York were maybe feeling just like me if uh-huh. they had previously been uh-huh. fans. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Excuse me, they were not breaking down the doors to see the Melissa right. Etheridge musical, right. unfortunately. And it is unfortunate because she is fucking talented. Mm-hmm. I mean, that woman—it was just her. It was—I don't know. I mean, it was a good two hours. It was an intermission, and she. This is like you know, limited engagement, right? Like she's not doing limited it for that engagement. Long. Hmm. Yeah, I'm probably but not going to see this, fucking, but you never it, know. Well, you're not going to see it because it closes today. Oh, okay, then I'm, then I'm so, officially no, you're not, not gonna going see it. to go see it. But um, mm. but she can play and sing, and she's I think she's 62. I believe mm-hmm. I looked it up. She's fucking. She was fantastic. Mm. Like just was the last song. At, Come to my window. It it, it was yeah. because that has I think still to this day was her biggest hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like another one but, though that was like almost as big, right? But she says, "Sorry, I'm trying to get. To, can can I can, can I, I can I can I can I can I finish? I am just finish? trying to have a conversation. Well, I know, but I need to, <laughs> to say get the this points out because right, go. one of the things is Melissa Etheridge is really fucking dramatic. Mm. Like really, like her songs are really dramatic. Mm. They are, they are, you know, like angst ridden." Um, love songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and you and you of course i loved them because in college i there was nothing that i was more than an angst ridden like like you know just was she she was like your ani defranco or something yeah because oh, that's yeah, who yeah, i yeah, was yeah. she was absolutely. my angst absolutely driven yeah and not muse and, for lack of a better word and within that. like i don't know five ish minutes of mm-hmm. the of the show starting she makes this a really wonderful joke for everyone that knows her. And let's be honest, most of the people in the house probably really do know her and like mm. know her music. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're there. Uh, it was a very large uh, lesbian population. Yeah. Who some people were just like, you know, shaking with excitement because mm-hmm. they had never seen her that close up before. Um, and she makes this joke about she's like, God, I'm dramatic, aren't I? And it just, oh, it was so... Mm-hmm brilliantly played and so well like just right you know right at the top of the show it just it it just it just allowed you to sort of be like 
yeah, these songs are fucking dramatic and she's going to fucking sing the shit out of them, you know? And she does. And she really does. And she also talks about her life. I was going to say, I was there some very much. like storytelling in between? Or? It's actually mostly storytelling. It's She probably only sings, uh, you know, maybe 10 songs okay. in their entirety. So this is kind of like the Bruce Springsteen thing-ish? Yeah, although I think Bruce spoke even less, I think, okay. is what I've heard. I haven't watched it. I watched I watch it because it. it was filmed, but oh. um, it was good. How was it? It was good. Yeah. 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 It was pretty. I Did mean, he talk? Oh, yeah. I thought quite a bit, but but I don't. Oh. I didn't remember it being like just all music, but he definitely okay. like. I need to watch it. It, it was kind of like you would be Is interested. It on HBO it was or something? something like that, but it was kind of interwoven. Yeah. It was like a lot of like, you know, speaking interwoven with the singing. So. I bet. I mean, it's know. it's so weird to watch someone like that. I mean, obviously, Bruce Springsteen has a a, a massive catalog, Huge. but Melissa Etheridge has a pretty significant herself. One, yeah, 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 yeah. And she only, you know, of course, there were parts of me that were like, "Oh, I hope she sings this. I hope she sings this. I hope she sings mm-hmm. this." And she barely sang any of those songs. And she actually sang a couple of like her first ever songs that she had not recorded. And part of me, in retrospect, I was like, why did she have to sing that whole fucking song that none of us know? <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever. It was. I'm really glad that I went. And mm-hmm. um, and Brandy and I ended up, it was funny because John, her John, sat in between us. Okay. And, and um, <laughs> oh, was that a mistake on his part Which, or something? <laughs> no, I, I didn't realize that it was actually calculated. Oh, okay. Like, he, because this one song, yeah. which is nowhere to go, which is which is one of the most devastating, like longing love song, like you know, living in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. sort of songs that exist. Um, we were both like on the verge of just having a full on like absolute fucking meltdown. And the only if we had been sitting next to each other, there's no question that we would have had it. Right. And yeah, we were already like guttural sobs. <laughs> You know, like we, I was just like trying my best. I was just looking forward and I was like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. As soon as the uh, as soon as the intermission <laughs> came, um, I was like, "Oh my god!" I almost and, and she was like, "Me too." And John was like, "That's why I sat yeah. between you. <laughs> yeah, like keep the troublemakers away from each other. We don't want to like so, pile on." Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, uh, I, I yeah, there there we go. I mean, I will I'm never forget the woman having an emotional breakdown when I saw the last five years with Casey McClellan and she was like full on guttural sobbing. I was like, this is uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like right after we broke up. Yeah. Also that. Yeah. Yeah. Which lended a whole other like, you know, vibe to the proceedings. But, um, do you think the Brandy? Oh no. Do I was going to say, do you think the Melissa show was better or worse than the Suzanne Summers, uh, (laughs) one woman show that I talked about on this podcast, which Um, I'm going to guess. (laughs) Oh yeah, Yeah. for sure. I was so bummed. I was like, Oh my God. I'm going to guess, um, better. 
Yeah, I would guess yeah. better. <laughs> I mean, Melissa Etheridge is an incredible musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she can I mean, she's a great songwriter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the thing is that the thing that's interesting is she is a rock and roll woman. Oh yeah, like, for sure. You know, it's kind of pop. But she's rock yeah, and roll. But she's and, got and, that and, like uh, gravelly, powerful yeah, voice. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. got like a rock yeah. edge to it for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you saw it. Yeah. So, um, all right, it's my turn. And that's not the that musical I've... that you love. I feel like you were really fangirling over. You were like, you're a Melissa Etheridge stan. I feel. I uh, for a second I, I was like, I... maybe he's talking about the musical he loves right now. No, no, oh, I I couldn't say that I loved it. Uh -huh. I liked it a lot, and I'm glad I saw it. Yeah, but yeah, I couldn't yeah. say that I loved it. Gotcha. Um, so on the backs of mm -hmm. the uh the last episode where I talked about the hate love relationship that I have with Pasek and Paul, mm. I'm going to talk today about a musical that I love hate called. Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> Wait, have we who... not talked about this in official capacity on this no, podcast? We have not. I feel like we it has come up at times, but it has I think it has come up. But maybe but I, we haven't I, like God, officially I, talked about it. I don't think we have officially talked about it. Okay. And um I this is one of those things I had, you know, it had kind of been circling in New York theater. Right. It, I remember it was at second stage, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Well, um, and then even and before remember, that, it was in DC. Like I had been hearing right, about at, this at, musical at, for uh, years before at, it came out. Uh, arena, mm -hmm. arena stages, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, 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 you know, of course, uh, by the time we kind of heard about it, you couldn't get tickets to second stage. It was sold right. out. The run was over. And, and, and so of course, it was like, oh, I wish we had seen it there. You know, it'd be, it's always so fun to see something mm. in like in that well, you place. You know, yeah. in, 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 in earlier, in and you know, of, and you kind of have a feeling it's like a sure thing. It's gonna like move yeah, on. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. But then I kind of just lost track of it, and I feel like one of the reasons is because I don't know why, but I've just never liked Ben Platt. He's just mm. never been someone like the Pitch Perfect movies. Everyone was like. Bah, Mm -hmm. and i was just not mm -hmm. um and i didn't even know that he was a nepo baby like i just didn't like him i just wasn't, wasn't interested <laughs> but but i but you yeah sorry you Me. Yeah. like randomly said um hey chris is going to be out of town right. for work and we bought these tickets like months ago do you want to go and i was like uh i mean honestly I wouldn't have been surprised if I had said, no, I'm not interested. I, I mean, but I remember being, I was like in it to win it. I had been like wanting to see this. Yeah. Oh. But fortunately I said yes. And uh, we went mm. to see Dear Evan Hansen. And the funny thing is, is that Chris ended up not going oh, out right. of town. Right. Yeah. And he and, sat with and other went friends. And sat, yeah. and sat with other friends, not very far oh, away from us. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's that, the, 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 I, I say all that because, of course, part of it is like it's so great to see something that you don't really know about. It's so yes. great to go in with so with with your expectations are just you just don't have expectations, you know. Well, I mean, we've talked um, about this, but uh, I'm militant now about like I do not read reviews and I try to like know as little as possible. I really like to see things as fresh as possible. I don't want to be like informed by others opinions yeah yeah exactly exactly i wait until afterward and then i and then i sort of like 
see mm-hmm. do i agree mm-hmm. and what, what 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 you know what was people's yeah. experience yeah. and and how does it how does all of it land with me but yeah if i know i'm going to see something i i very much try to avoid reading anything or talking to anyone mm-hmm. about it like, yeah same so the the long and short of it is that i was super surprised i i will say really quickly it's it's a the story is about evan hansen he's 17 he has social anxiety and depression he ha he he starts off the 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 show he has a, a cast on he broke his arm he and his single parent mother um are you know have a tumultuous a bit of a tumultuous relationship she doesn't know how what to fucking do with him anymore um and that's how the the, the play begins and, and you and you realize that that he he basically has no friends but he's supposed to go and get people to sign his cast this is a way to um and he's 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 seen a therapist right yeah yes well, that was I'm the whole sure he's in therapy. exercise was writing the letter was writing a letter yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so um he bumps into connor murphy who is played by Mike Feist, <laughs> who I am also deeply in love with and have been since I saw him in Newsies, most likely uh, inappropriately. For me, it was um, West Side Story that I was like, hey, well, hello. I mean, obviously solidifying the love, but yeah, I, I I've like, always loved him. I just watched him in like a really like, you know, kind of ridiculous movie about pinball hmm. um in which he wears this this That's like, random enormous like 70s mustache is he gonna be um, it's, the it's... lead in the who's tommy that's coming that would be amazing what? no i'm making that up obviously because you said pinball i was like because you know they are bringing the uh, who's tommy back I, I haven't seen if they've announced casting or anything but uh that would be amazing um i would definitely go see yeah. that if mike Feist was S- sorry there, to get your hopes probably up. not yeah um, I mean, we already talked about Mike Feist and uh, Lucas Hedges in Brokeback Mountain, mm-hmm. music, or the, the Brokeback Mountain, the play with music that just was um, uh, on the West End. So apparently that's not coming here. I haven't seen anything about it. I can look oh, every day. You must be devastated. <laughs> yeah, I'm devastated. So the thing about this musical is it's, you know, it, it's it's not without its problems right which have been um picked to pieces i feel like over the years like this show has been like discussed and um and yes debated i feel like so much more so than i can recall other recent musicals yeah what, like in what ways would uh, what, just what, very what, people what have a love hate relationship with I feel like this musical people kind of like love it or hate it and I th- feel like people find some elements of the story controversial and think that his character is deeply unlikable and makes horrible decisions which of course all of that's true but um yeah <clears throat> it is and yeah. and and he he gets away with it right i think that's the other that's thing that's the other thing that's unpalatable really for people yes. right right of of the fact that he lies mm-hmm. um and becomes this like sort of almost savior figure mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in like suicide prevention yeah um and ultimately it's all fucking bullshit right, right? he right, doesn't right. actually know connor he wasn't friends with connor the 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 fact that he has this signature on his cast is um a brief moment of almost like conflict between the two mm-hmm. of them, or it is conflict between the two of them. And then he uses that uh, very much to his advantage to 
gain access to Connor's sister, uh, upon whom he has a significant crush. Right. And then Connor's family kind of invite him into their world, right? And and um, and then he gets to sing this, which is, I believe, one of the finest uh, songs of all of musical theater of all time, which is For Forever. I, I, hmm. I can't listen to that song yeah. without weeping. Yeah, it's so I good. I love that song mm-hmm. so much. It's so brilliant and so beautiful and so... The way that it unfolds, the way that the story is told, it's so simple, incredibly, incredibly simple. And then, of course, the act ends with You Will Be Found, which is also an incredible fucking like piece of uh, musical theater. Just moving, 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 moving. The, the other thing that is shocking about how much I love this musical is that the director is, I think, Michael Gray. Yeah, right? isn't, it, he's, isn't he on your, like, practically on your, like, I, lifetime ban list of people yeah, you, like, like never want to, like, I see really, his productions? I really despise <clears throat> Michael Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, this production, in this production, and I don't know if it was his choice or if it was mm-hmm. someone else's, but the, the, the staging is so simple and imaginative. It's not, there is not a, you know, a full set of every single thing that comes on stage. And he, right. The characters a lot don't of, have to run around. Well, there's a lot of video there's design bare, and all it really conveys. There's it a lot gets of video design. There's a lot of bare stage. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And those things really land, and the um, and it's a small cast, mm-hmm. and it's 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 just like it just has a lot of impact. Um, the cast includes. Um, wait. Wait does for the cast it. Include. Wait for wait it. Wait for it. Ben Platt, obviously. Um, Nepo baby Ben Platt, Rachel <laughs> Bay Jones, um, never forget uh, Laura Dreyfus, Jennifer yeah. Laura Thompson, um, Michael Park, Mike Feist, Will Roland, um, Emily Walton. I'm talking about first, yeah, the yeah, first, yeah. Um, OG Broadway. Broadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. actually, I think I just fucked that up. I don't think Michael Park was OG Broadway. I think, um, Michael, oh no, Michael Park was OG Broadway, and then Chris, Crystal Lloyd was OG Broadway. Okay, not Aaron Wilhelmy or Emily Walton. Mm. Anyway, a uh, couple of fun things like on our album, the year after, Michael Lee Brown sings mm-hmm. one of the songs. He was uh, an alternate for Evan Hansen starting in uh, 2017, and then another like real favorite that I love, love, love is Andrew Barth Feldman, who was um, one of the uh, replacements of Evan Hmm. Hansen if you have not seen the I think there's four Evan Hansons Uh, that sing for forever there's like the UK Evan Hansen uh uh there's the Ben Platt isn't actually one of them yeah like Andrew Barth Feldman the UK one the Canadian one and the national tour one I think yeah have you seen that clip Uh, yeah I have Uh, Uh, I know what you're talking about yeah 
yeah. It's gorgeous. Also very gorgeous moving. Buddy, you and I for forever this way. The other thing that I love about this musical um, is that what is the song actually um, that Evan sings where he, oh, words fail. Words fail. Words fail. I have never seen, <laughs> like, th th this is the reason why I can no longer, like, actually despise Ben Platt. Uh -huh. um, sure you can. The show. Sure you can. I can't. I can't. Because he's so fucking talented. I don't even care that he's a Nepo baby. <laughs> um, he, <laughs> and he can sing high notes while spitting, crying, yeah, and Yeah, no, he's and in competition with Jonathan Groff, who I just saw in Merrily for, like, most amount of spit and snot that like comes out of their like heads it's astonishing oh i'd rather pretend i'm something better than these broken parts pretend i'm something other than this mess that i am because then i don't have to look at it and no one gets to look at it no First of all, you're not supposed to talk about that because I haven't seen yeah. it yet. Oh, that, that is not giving anything away. That is a well-known fact. That is giving something away. It is not giving anything away. People have like, like jokingly, like, you know, like in a warm way made fun of Jonathan Groff for years about his spin-off oh. situation. Oh, so, really? Yes. I've this never is heard not that. new news. Okay. You're just, you're just not right. in the know. Apparently. Mm. Apparently. So that... That song, I mean, the second act mm -hmm. is not, it's not the same, obviously. The first act is just fucking, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Ugh. good, 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 good. The second act doesn't have any of those, um, for me anyway, any of those ballads or, or, or powerful moments, um, except for oh, Words Fail, which well, yeah, is not well, really a like, song that you would like listen to on repeat. Well, that's kind of like the whole like, soliloquy. It. That's where he is like, yeah. 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 Bleeding it, it is, on the stage. I, <laughs> bleeding. Bleeding and salivating. Yeah. Well, and there snotting. is the like it, Rachel Bay 11th hour number, um, which. Which is what? That's the, uh, what's the name of that song? That's, you know, the one that Julianne Moore like kind of whisper sings in the, in the movie. Did you watch the movie? Of course I did. <laughs> Why would I not? Uh, I feel like. I, I started watching it on an airplane and I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> I couldn't do it. You don't feel like even for like research purposes, you should have no, seen it. No, wow, no, I can't watch it. I don't want to. I don't want to take away from my memory of that experience of that show. Well, the film is terrible. <laughs> I mean, it is terrible. But oh, but like the 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 actress that plays the the girl, you know, that he's in love with, is like uh, I think her name is like Caitlin Deaver or whatever. I'm obsessed with that in, actress in the film. In the, in film. the film, yeah, she yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. made she's it terrific. watchable for me because I'm like every single thing I have seen her in, like I just think she's like fantastic. So, so um, no, yeah. she's. 
She's great. Rachel Bay Jones, so big, so small. That is the song uh, I was trying okay. to remember. Yeah. Okay. It's a Tia Chaka. You know, she was in um, the, um, the, sorry, brief aside, she was in Here We Are, the Sondheim show that I just saw along with. Rachel Bay Jones? Yes, along with every other person and their mother is in that cast. But um, yeah. Um, but she's, she's actually kind of like, you would arguably say the lead to it. And like, in Dear Evan Hansen, I liked her, but she got like all of this acclaim. I remember she was up for a Tony. I don't remember if she, she won. I think she won the Tony. Yeah, I think she did. Oh, but, wait. And I remember being like, oh, okay. Like, I mean, I liked her, but I didn't like, like love her, love Agreed. her, love her. But Agreed. she was actually phenomenal in Here We Are. And I was like, okay, she is like a, an amazing actress. Um, and that's what uh, I have to say about Rachel We haven't Bay talked Jones. about Here We Are, but we'll, <laughs> we we'll save that. We can we'll save, save that. that. We can put a pin on so, that. So <laughs> I... I will say, so the show received critical acclaim, obviously. obviously. It was nominated for nine awards at the 71st Tony Awards. It mm-hmm. won six, mm-hmm. including Best Musical, Best Book, Best Score, Best Actor for Ben Platt, mm-hmm. and Best Featured Actress for Rachel Bay Jones. Oh, and I okay. don't disagree with you about that. I, I was actually... I li- again, I liked her too, yeah. but I didn't think she was like... I didn't like, think oh, it was like, oh, the standout know. performance. Like, yeah, that just... yeah. No. And and uh, this it recently closed, right? It was oh yeah, it, it was open. It was like for last a very year, long time. very long time, yeah, a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it, it oh, the other reason that I love this musical so much is that for all of its flaws, um, it's an original musical. Of course, it's an which original so fucking musical, infrequently, and it la- exactly, and it lasted on Broadway mm-hmm. for a long time, quite some time. It does also. Um, Despite all of these, you know, the controversy that you already mentioned, the fact that that Evan doesn't really suffer any repercussions, it does also deal with mental health. It deals with mental health of Connor, who uh, takes his own life, and it deals with the mental health of Evan, who has social anxiety and depression. And it, you know, is it obviously it's not perfect. Um, It's it has a lot of flaws, but I. I I don't know. I liked it for many, 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 many mm-hmm. reasons. And uh, like I said, I can't listen. I, I listen to those two songs, For Forever and You Will Be Found, yeah. quite frequently. And I can't get through them without like just having an emotional response reaction. to them. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised that you are classifying this as a musical you love. I mean, when we saw it together, I was like beside myself. Like, but I, I feel like you were a little more like introspective and just taking it in. And I couldn't quite yeah. tell that you like liked it as much as apparently you do. Um, well, I think that I would hearken back to our conversation about. Um, uh, admiration and rivalry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I love this musical too. You know, even you know, even yeah, maybe even like because of because of its quote unquote flaws. I mean, I like that there is like, you know, that they were like it's original and that they were 
or are trying to tell like a complex story and then obviously yeah the songs are just like infinitely like accessible and catchy and the plat performance i you know had to begrudgingly admit <laughs> was like astounding though so, and he like sounded great nepo baby that he is never forget <laughs> oh wait a second i feel like we I, since we since mm. we just touched on this i think we have to i'm just looking this oh. is also from wikipedia um uh Jason Dinneman in A Piece for Slate argues that the musical employs many different tactics mm -hmm. to prevent us from seeing Evan Hansen as a jerk, but its most audacious is to not allow anyone on stage to see him that way. The choice to give Evan Hansen no comeuppance doesn't make dramatic sense, mm. but you don't need to be too cynical to see its commercial and emotional logic. Not giving voice to anger at Evan Hansen avoids the more unpleasant ramifications of his exploitation of a tragedy for his own personal gain, mm. which might complicate the audience's reaction to him. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> and then Hilton Owls of the New Yorker wrote, it would have been amazing if Levinson had continued to dig into Evan's awfulness. Instead, he takes side trips into tired knee jerk liberalism and therapeutic Ooh. healing. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wowzers. God, see, this is the thing. We never tell it like it is. We mm -hmm. never tell it like mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. We that's the problem. Nobody wants to to go well, to something. Et Barnum where was a hell of a guy. Like they, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Then that's that, what I got to say. And that Cosby musical about. that I'm workshopping. That's oh. gonna be. He's gonna be a hell of a guy too. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So much love. Yeah. Should we pivot to something that is less, that we love less? Yeah, I think so. Um, unless, unless you had anything else to say about our dear Evan Hansen and the film that you didn't watch. Um, I mean, no, I mean, I Nepo Baby so. Ben Platt did get his comeuppance when that film came out. Oh God. <laughs> I, I mean, I even felt a little bad for him, honestly. He it was, was brutal. Like raked across the coals. Just fucking brutal. Good Lord. Yeah, like, well. Just because his father produced it, I mean, really. Oh, my gosh. I'll never forget that uh, I was at, God, what was that? That's that gay bar in the East Village. That narrows it down. Uh, Phoenix, yeah. I was there one night. It was like years ago. And like... Ben came down, or Ben came in and was with friends and like sat literally like right next to me or something. But I only, I, I feel like this might have been before Dear Evan Hansen. Yes, it was okay. It was a thousand percent before Dear Evan Hansen. So I only knew him from like the Pitch Perfect movies. Right, right, right. And right, so right. a couple of friends I was with were kind of like, "Oh my god, that's funny." And I remember at the time thinking like, "Oh, that's so funny that like Ben came down here. Like he must be very artsy fartsy and have some gay friends." Like I didn't like not even realize that he was like gay. <laughs> so, which in a, that he was a homosexual. That he was a homosexual. Yeah. Which is amusing. I don't know. My my wow. naivete. <clears throat> That's the end of the story. It did not end with me sleeping okay. with Ben Platt. I, I you know. Or I, not even talking to him. 
No, I mean, I didn't no. really care to be honest and honestly like right oh, we I live in new york have, I and we both him. lived in new yeah. york for over yeah. 20 years yeah. i'm like i'm like hard pressed yeah. to think of somebody where i actually was like starstruck titillated yeah. or excited right 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 right. i think right. it's when yeah. bernadette peter is sat like one table from me that was probably the last time that i had like a visceral like like obvious reaction to somebody but like other than that it's like you know the one always takes pride in like not having a reaction that, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's such a new york exactly it's the new york thing to do it's the new york thing to do i don't care you know i don't care so what i don't care yeah they're not that yeah, impressive yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean I, I i saw alan cumming i came on to alan cumming oh, at, okay. um what was that bar on 19th street that mm. G. Oh, okay. Darren Webb used to love G. Remember yeah, G? He loved um, G. Yeah. God, he loved G. The bar, um, not the drug, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan Cumming was doing mm-hmm. um, cabaret for the first time, you know, and he was, he was. He, well, he was, he was like, yeah, he was like he New was York something. royalty during that, yeah, that production. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I, I did, I think I did buy him a drink. Oh boy! And he was, he was very kind. Uh-huh. He was very kind, yeah. but very clear. You know, very clear. Um. <laughs> well, Chris made the mistake of approaching uh, Graham Norton once at Excess, uh, oh, and he was like a miserable. Oh, See you next Tuesday to him, which he still talks about to this day. Oh my God! <sighs> um, well, that doesn't surprise so me. So speaking of nastiness. I think I'm going to pivot and yes. talk about a musical that I do not like. Okay. I also have a complicated it. relationship with this musical. So my original, like, my original interaction with this musical was I saw, uh, you know, as a, as a baby gay in Indiana, I always watch the Tony Awards, of course, every year. Um, and so there was a performance from this musical and I was like, oh, wow, that's a catchy song. I like that. And then I listened to the album. Of course, I got the album. This is a, originally like a London musical. It's very British. And I okay. listened to the musical, or I listened to the whole uh, album, and I was kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, it's got the one song, but whatever. I'm like, don't quite get it. But then, um, then in college, I was like approached by a, a, a directing student to, and he asked if I wanted to like music music direct this musical and I was kind of like first of all it was random I didn't even really like know the guy that well I feel like maybe we were in like choir together and so it was a very random request did he have a crush on you no this was like a very nerdy like straight guy I, I think I mean oh, I, uh, he was I'm like, gonna say like you just saw you just said that you didn't know Ben Platt was <laughs> I was like gay, maybe so I was like maybe my gaydar is he like was probably wrong. trying to slip with you <clears throat> well that's your spin on the situation but I was kind of like um okay I mean I also like never whenever anyone asked me to do anything particularly back then I was like sure I'll give that a try um so anyway, without further ado, the musical is Blood Brothers. Do you know this musical oh. at all? Uh, I mean, a little bit. It's a little. A little it's bit. a bit niche. So, uh, what is the big song? What's tell the big song? me? It's not true. That's the big song.
It's a musical okay. with book, lyrics, and music by Willie Russell. Um, the story is a contemporary nature versus nurture plot um, revolving around fraternal twins Mickey and Eddie who were separated at birth, one, subs one subsequently being raised in a wealthy family, the other in a poor family. Um, so the original production, this I actually found fascinating and it made a lot of sense to me in hindsight. Uh, apparently the playwright slash composer slash lyricist originally wrote and presented it as a school play first performed um, in Liverpool in November of 1981. Um, oh, wow. So, and again, originally it was just a play. Then apparently he wrote the score and developed it into a musical for a production at the Liverpool, the Liverpool Playhouse, which then opened in November, uh, or in January of 1983. Uh, subsequently, it transferred to the, uh, the West End, um, and what's wild about this is it's like this British phenomenon. It has run, it ran almost continuously in one form or another from like the early 80s to like 2012, basically. And the West End production ran over 10,000 performance and became the third longest running musical to ever play in the West End, which I kind of knew all of that, that it was like this like super crazy, like successful British musical. <clears throat> so like I said, I was only aware of the Broadway production when it, um, when it first came out, which was in uh, 1993. Um, and it ran for 840 performances. Um, there have also been subsequent productions all over the world in South Africa, uh, Argentina, Mexico, Japan, Korea, Israel, Canada, and even like the Czech Republic and Slovakia. And yet I find it terrible. <laughs> so like it's just like very, um, well, first of all, like, also based on like my personal experience around it. So like I said, I was asked to like music direct the show and like the school or like the, the, you know, the directing program or whatever, they paid to like license the thing. So like we get the like scores in the mail, like big quote around scores, like they came in the mail and I was like fully horrified. It was like handwritten, like photocopies of like handwritten just like the lead melodies to the song, but there was like not even any piano accompaniment. There was just oh like God. chord charts. And then there was like no accompanying like, like orchestrations for other instruments or anything. Like it was the most slapdash So what did thing. you do? I, could, I mean, I was pissed. I was literally like, what did I sign up for? So... I remember I basically had to like, I've had to one figure out what the hell that I was going to play for the piano accompaniments. And then I remember that like, I got, a, you know, I, I put together like a small band and then I don't even remember what I did. I either like wrote parts or like we like figured it out, but there were also like no like harmonies or like choral parts. I mean, I cannot tell you like how amateur the thing is. And now that I like read that it was originally like the school play, but also I'm like, this ran on the West End for like multiple decades. Like how and did they, they not never, have like professional right, they never score? created a score? <laughs> it was literally like, like our lack of 
you know, score for Hello, My Name is Billy type situation. But that was a fringe show. I mean, I could not yeah. believe that this yeah. is what got sent. So <clears throat> so the reason I kind of have a love-hate relationship with this, with this musical is because I did end up having, like, quite a bit of fun with it because... I was like, this is ridiculous. What have I said yes to? And then I basically was just like, well, I just need to get some people roped in. So, like, I was friends with all of, like, the singers in the music school. So I basically, like, basically, like, had, quote, auditions, but, you know, pretty much, like, basically cast the lead roles with, like, you know, people that I knew. And, like, right, right. so I had, like, a fun group of people, like, get involved with it and everything. But the show itself, and we even, like, were laughing at how, like, ridiculous the show it was. Um, like, you know, how, like, the ridiculous the plot was and everything. Like, um, it was very convoluted. I mean, it, you know, at its core, I think there's, like, there was, like, an interesting, like, you know, like, seed of a show there. Like, the whole nature versus nurture and everything. But the the plot is, like, very convoluted. Uh, well, first of all, it, like... So, oh, how, do they get separated They get separated at birth, birth. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, sort okay. of. So, like, the play opens in the early 1980s uh, it start well first of all there's a narrator which you know how much you love a narrator like so it literally opens with the narrator like in a couple of and the narrator is not a character the narrator no, is a, the narrator is a narrator okay. and like the narrator at the very top of the show like explains in a few sentences like the entire premise of the plot including the fact that they die at the end so like which is oh. <laughs> which is almost like you know like like I don't know, like West Side Story, starting with like Maria draped over Tony's body. So like that in right, itself right. is like a ridiculous right. choice. Um, and then, like I said, the plot's pretty convoluted. Well, it's a no, it's a no hope choice. It's a no hope choice. <laughs> right, I guess no you know from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, there's like a lot of melodrama. Like there's a lot of histrionics. So basically, the premise is like there's Mrs. Johnston. She's kind of the lead. She, like, is poor. Her um, husband has left her. She already has a few children. And then she finds she has twins coming. And she gets a job as, like, kind of like a housekeeper to a wealthier woman named Mrs. Lyons. Now, Mrs. Lyons, she can't have any children of her own. And so they, like, put this cockamamie idea together that, like, Mrs. Lyons is going to, like, take one of the two babies after the t the twins. Why doesn't she just take both of them? Well, I mean, that's a good question too, but because then it wouldn't be a fun, <laughs> then it wouldn't be a tragic musical, Tim. They have to be separated. <laughs> so <laughs> we would have no musical. So, so fair. Okay. So fair, fair, yeah, fair. she just takes them both. That's the end of the show. So yeah, she, so she gives birth and then she tells her other children that the other baby died and she gives the, the other baby to Mrs. Lyons. So then, so the other the other children think, think that their their the, brother, their brother died, died at birth or something. And then Mrs. Oh, Lyon, Lord. yeah, it's very ridiculous. And then, like the other thing is, like through the whole first act, and I was like, am I remembering this right? Because I had to go back and listen to it and watch it. So like. Um, through the whole first act, the, the the two children, like, of course, they meet each other, like, by accident, and then they become blood brothers, and then, you know, um, there's, like, a scene where they, like, you know, you know, do the whole blood brothers thing and everything. Right, But right, it's also, right. like, it's, like, a... That was a big deal. Oh, yeah, like, back that used to be a big... Did you ever do that? No, no, no. I think I did it. I did not I do I did that. I did not Shane. do that. No, no. Yeah. Wow, you were yeah. hardcore. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Kansas. Kansas. But yeah, um, it was also a choice that, like, basically the adult, I mean, not adult, but, like, young 20-something, like, male actors, like, they play, like, eight-year-olds through the entire first act. Like, it's not child actors, which is also a ridiculous choice. (laughs) To the point that I was like, wait, was that just because in our production we couldn't hire child actors? Or was that actually and then and i was like, like no i'm oh, remembering no, from the, that's the i'm way. like i'm remembering from the like soundtrack or from the cast album that it was like that and then i went and i actually found which is wild i found that they filmed the entire production of the west end and i found it on youtube so i was like watching it and i'm like okay this this was definitely a choice and it was the wrong choice it's like these two like 20 something actors that are like completely hamming it up like playing like eight-year-old kids through the entire first act and then part of the second act they're playing like 14 year olds so it's just very ridiculous see this means that we're blood brothers and we've always got to stand by each other now you say after me i will always defend me brother I will always defend my brother. <laughs> and stand by him. And stand by him. And sit on me sweet Um, The character of, like, Mrs. Lyons, the wealthy woman. At some point, like, Mrs. Johnston, the disadvantaged, like, woman, They she somehow gets moved or... Uh, place to an like a better area a nicer town and then somehow in second act in the second act mrs lyons is also there and then there's a very ridiculous over-the-top campy scene where like mrs lyons is becoming like progressively more deranged and paranoid over the course of the show and she becomes absolutely convinced that like mrs johnston has like followed her there and is like and she's like convinced that she's like given up the secret and said and like told the you know the the child that like right, you right. know she's her real that she's the real mother and that their brother has been she's like no 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 this is just a coincidence but like eventually mrs lyons like grabs a knife off of the uh, wall and starts like chasing her around trying to stab her and i just remember this scene this is a real scene this is a real scene this scene stuck with me because like in our staging it was like my friend ann like holding and decola oh, holding the yes, holding the knife she- and she's running around trying to stab my friend Kat Steiner. And they're like, she and the director staged it around this like dinner table. And they're just running around the table in a circle. And every single. Are they singing? Uh, no, this was actually. Okay. No, okay. but there is a lot of histrionics. And, um, I laughed every single time, even like during when we were like doing the, the like, <clears throat> when, even when we were like actually performing in front of an audience, like every single time I would just laugh hysterically of at that scene because laughing. it was of so, it was so ridiculous. Um, eventually, of course, it ends in tragedy as the narrator, like, you know, offers up at the very beginning. It's like in the very final scene. Uh, I think it might be in like a, uh, a police station or something. They basically, the two of them, the two, the twins get an argument, of course, over a girl. And then at the very end, oh. yes. So that, that's like a whole subplot. And um, that's kind of hot, though. And then, okay, if you say so. And then at the very, very end, like Mrs. They're, they're both like stopping the same woman. Is something that, is like that. But the very end, like yeah, Mickey yeah, yeah. is like got his gun. Brand, he's like brandishing the gun like to Eddie. 
And then Mrs. Johnson comes like bursting in and then she basically is like, oh, don't shoot him. Don't shoot him. It's your brother. You know, I can't do a British accent, but it's so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. You ruined me. Because the day I let go, just go. Witch. I curse you. Go. You And um, and then and then Mickey. Wait, did you do that word? It's your brother. I mean, they all actually have like thick, like Cockney accents, which makes it even more right, ridiculous. Right, right. But then, um, right, of course, she's like, "Don't do it. It's your brother. Uh, it's, it's he's been your brother this whole time." And then Mickey's like, "I should have been the one. You should have given me up." And then like he shoots Eddie, and then the police shoot him at the same time. And then for some reason, then all of a sudden, you know, she turns around and starts belting like, tell me it's not true. And it's. And both of them die. They're dead. Yeah. At the end. And she's like belting this like 80s ridiculous, like 80s ballad, like over, like basically like over their dead bodies. It's so ridiculous. (laughs) With like nary, like a beat. Like, like, I'm going to send you the link to the West End production. You can like just fast forward. I would say watch like the first like 10, 15 minutes, then fast forward to the ridiculous, maybe watch like a narrator scene. Um, Oh my God, there's some terrible song that he sings called like Shoes Upon the Table that keeps getting reprised. And I kept being like, why is it called Shoes Upon the Table? But like. Shoes Upon the Table and a spider's been killed. Someone broke the looking glass. There's a full moon shining and the salt's been spilled. You're walking on pavement cracks. Don't know what's gonna come to pass. Now you know the devil's got your number. You know he's gonna find you. You know he's right behind you. He's staring through your window. The one character of Mrs. Johnson is very superstitious. And so there's some scene where she's like, you should never put new shoes on the table. Just don't do it. And the narrator is like, shoes upon the table. Um, (laughs) It's... (laughs) so ridiculous also there's like these like reprises that just happen over and over there's one called like there's this obsession with Marilyn Monroe the whole show starts with like Mrs. Johnston singing like that her husband basically left her but like she used to like look like Marilyn Monroe and like so this song comes up like three times in the show this Marilyn Monroe song and in each each of the times it's like this the words Marilyn Monroe just get repeated over and over and over and over again almost I'm like this is like a drinking game like if you were like drink drinking every time you heard Marilyn Monroe and like Blood Brothers you would be like fully blacked out once I had a husband you know the sort of chap I married him at a dance and now we came on with the chat I think you're a bleeding cracker he said, my eyes were deep blue pools, my skin was soft as snow. He told me I was sexier than Madeline Monroe. And we went dancing. Like, it just is well, like insane. this is a really good segue into my tangent. <laughs> because, so when Blue Man was in London, which was not table. a very long-lived yeah. situation, it yeah. was like maybe two years, 
was Blood um, Brothers next door I went or there, something. I went there once, and after uh, one of the evenings, one of the guys was like, we should go to, I think it's called the um, Noel Coward Bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's called the Noel Coward Bar, and it's below <laughs> the Phoenix Theater, which is where Blood oh, Brothers yes. played yes. for 20, like, 20 forever. years. I don't know. 21 years. ridiculous, yeah. It played for 21 years, and you could only get into the Noel Coward Bar if you were like a theater. Mm. Like you had to have an inn. Oh, right? that's kind of so, like that one that's on Broadway, though. That, uh, that in the upstairs. I've only been there once. You know what I'm talking about? No, because I've never been there. Oh, all right. Well, we can come back to that. We'll have to. Come yeah, back I can't to that. remember the name of it. So we <laughs> spent an evening in the Noel Coward Bar mm-hmm, below mm-hmm. the Phoenix Theater, where Blood Brothers was playing at the time, of course, because this was like the early. Uh, I think it was like 2005, maybe. Okay. So, so it was still playing. I think until 2012. It closed or in 2012. Yeah. 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 And we got fucking so hammered um, with you drank all of these. Every time uh, that you heard Marilyn Monroe coming from the Phoenix Theater. Exactly. Exactly. Like Marilyn Monroe. Exactly. exactly. Oh God, it's so awful. Exactly. It's so awful. It's yeah. so awful. Yeah. Wow. That's that's fascinating. But I did not. <laughs> but I did not see Blood Brothers, and I remember Scott and um, and David would sing. Yeah. Would probably sing that song. Tell me it's not true. That one. Yeah. I mean, I gotta yeah. admit, like, it is like catchy AF. It is catchy. So when I was trying, yeah. I mean, it is like, it's so British too. Like, it is just the whole thing is like very British. Um, uh, and so, but I was like, how, like, just how? I mean, I know that British people like have an interesting sensibility when it comes to musical theater, but I'm literally like, how did this run for so long? I mean, I, the best thing I can come up with is like, it, there are a lot of songs that do have like some hooks. I mean, there's the song like Easy right. Terms that has like a really good chorus. not true has like a really catchy chorus there's also like some other like kind of like pop more like poppy tracks there's a one like i think it's called take a letter miss jones um take a letter miss jones quote i regret to inform you the dying to circumstances quite beyond our control it's a premature retirement for those surplus to requirements i'm afraid it's a sign of the times miss jones an unfortunate sign of the times. There's another one called I'm Not Saying a Word. very like generic radio friendly you can like see how they would have like broad appeal to a general audience 
I mean, the story also like seems important and like dramatical. Like I said, there's a lot right, of histrionics right. going on. The class difference, you know, it's like that, you know, you can see, but as a whole, it's just, just like, for me, it's like executed just like terribly and it's like ridiculous. <clears throat> I can't wait to send you the link to the West End production too. I just like, you've got to like watch a little bit because it's just a head scratcher. Well, I see, I'm humming it and it's going to be probably yeah. in my head for like the next week. So... There you go. Basically, yeah. like, what I'm learning is you really just need, like, two songs. Andrew Lloyd Webber learned that. Oh. Like, and, like, just throw one of them at the end. And they won't even remember that they sat through, like, two hours of, like, complete ridiculousness <clears throat> of 23-year-olds playing 8-year-olds. <laughs> oh, my God. I am just seeing. So I, oh, I, wait, wait, I, wait. I, I wikipedia yep. the Phoenix Theater. Yep. And, um... Chicago the musical opened at the Phoenix Theater on the 11th of April 2018 starring Cuba Gooding Jr. What? as Billy Flynn. What? Yeah. Um wow. That's fascinating. See what the other okay, the other little like thing I wanted to bookend with this is um in 1995 there was a version. They cuz there's a couple of recordings out there. So there's a 1995 okay. recording of who I believe was in the cast at that time. And it was David Cassidy, Sean Cassidy, <gasps> and, Petula, oh and Petula Clark was the lead, Mrs. Johnston. Wow. So Petula Clark. They were real like, brothers. Yes, exactly. So that's like an extra appeal. They probably were doing like gangbusters on ticket sales when they were on it. Much, so, I mean, so much so that they did a whole other recording. And Petula Clark, you know, from like downtown and... You know, she was like called the first lady of the British invasion. So, oh downtown. But yeah, if, I figured you would be amused by the David and Sean Cassidy casting. Oh God, yes. <laughs> I don't really, I don't remember that the 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 boys, the brothers, like have any listenable songs. It's pretty much, it's pretty much Mrs. Johnston, uh, the narrator. Uh, gets a lot of a lot of music, and you know, to a lesser extent, says, the Mrs. Lyons character. <clears throat> it says here that David Cassidy did the U.S. tour. Oh. Clark and David Cassidy did the U.S. tour, but not. Huh. I, not I'm Sean. not seeing Sean Cassidy on the tour. Huh? Maybe they had a just horrific falling out or something. It was just too much. You would think that would be part of the appeal that we get butts and seats. Just Melanie C, Spice Girl Melanie C played Mrs. Johnston. She did not. She did not. It says even. right here. Mel it C says played right it. Here. <laughs> yep. It says right here. Oh, wow. Wow. Huh. Well. Oh, I, there's the something. song is called Marilyn Monroe. Yes. It's called, yes. it says Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe Reprise. Mm -hmm. There's another and Marilyn reprise. Marilyn Monroe 2. Yeah. And then Marilyn Monroe 3. I'm telling you, it's like a full name session. And. Marilyn Monroe is mentioned in Tell Me It's Not True also. So th there's oh, another Marilyn God. Monroe dropped in Tell Me It's Not True. The lyrics are like embarrassingly, embarrassingly simple, just as the music is. Like oh, everything kind of sounds, God, if, everything sounds like, oh, if, and then like a lot of times whenever the narrator comes out, they'll just play like this like eerie, like droning, like 1980s synth under it all. It's just like boom. boom. 
How swiftly those who've made a pact can come to overlook the fact. Or wish the reckoning be delayed. But a debt is a debt. And must be paid. Oh my god. Why weren't we alive back why didn't we write back then? Because we probably could have made it back here. But oh in, made it back, back then. The 80s. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, there's another part. I think it might be in shoes upon the table where the narrator Oh, no, no. She's like, she's very superstitious, like I said, like the shoes upon the table. And she's like, if twins separated at birth, learn that they were once a pair, they will both immediately die. Like, (laughs) and that keeps coming up that if they ever find out, they're going to die. Yeah. Which, of course, becomes true. Can you believe it? Blood Brothers. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think that this guy ever like really did anything else. Like, can you look up like Willie well, Russell? Why would he? Why would <laughs> well, he need I mean. to? I feel like he did this as like a school play, and then he's he, like, still alive. He's seventy-seven oh, he? years and old, and then like parlayed yeah. it into some like British trash tastic like nineteen eighties musical, which then clearly you know parlayed it into game. some other productions in Europe and elsewhere. Oh my God! He wrote Shirley Valentine. Um, Should I know what that is? I mean, probably not. And he wrote Educating Rita. I also do not know. Educating Rita and Shirley Valentine are both. They were both. Oh my God! You have balloons coming out of you again. Sorry, sorry. sorry, I know. Sorry. Um, They were both plays Uh that were on the West End Uh that got turned into movies. Uh And and Shirley Valentine, Pauline Collins won. I believe she she was definitely nominated for um, an Oscar oh. if she did not if she did not win, hmm. and he was nominated for a screenplay for both Educating Rita and Shirley Valentine. Fascinating. Shirley Valentine was a big, it was like a one woman show mm-hmm. that then they turned into this film, and it was about like this working class mother. Hmm. So he has not that is not his only oh. thing. I think this that is his only musical. Well, good for you, Willie Russell. I mean, you could have like fucking sprung for like. Uh, uh, music person to like actually you know in the licensed version like have actual scores so I've got an axe to grind if I ever run into Willie Russell I'm gonna say yeah, yeah you made are, you made four things my four life things one musical very difficult and three fascinating mm-hmm. I wonder if there was like a tell wow, me it's how so weird I loved Shirley uh, Valentine, like loved wow. it. I feel like loved you're going to go down a rabbit hole, but I feel like first you should watch, you should do some clips from um, the West End production that I'm going to send you. I wonder if they did like a Tell Me It's Not True gay dance remix. Do you think they did that maybe in the of course. late 80s? And of like, course. What's, is it, what's the big London one? Was it G-A-Y? Isn't that, is that still around? Yeah, I think that's that right. That was like the big clip so. where the... The yeah. club, because gays will, as we know, gays will dance to anything. They would dance to um, a ballad about uh, dead twins. <clears throat> oh yeah, absolutely. Sung by like Petula Clark. God. I think it should be oh, it should be God. Petula Clark in the gay dance remix. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I could see some gays being like, "Woo! I just took my G." <clears throat> Bringing it full circle there. With a, nice the G nice joke, one. nice one. Um, um, well, that's all, all right. I have to say about well, that. We've loved, we've hated, we've uh, we've been around. 
well, not, I was going to say around the globe, but we really haven't been around the globe. We've only been in New York and London. Mm -hmm. That's not, that's very, um, we've been into the, we've been to the, the South Africa. Cause I mentioned there was a production in South Africa among other oh. places, Czech Republic. Wow. Wasn't that, um, wow. real quick for you. Wasn't that, um, remember the Miss South Carolina where she was, she gave that horrible answer to where she was like, uh, such as the Iraq, the South Africa, I leave, I believe that us Americans should, uh, the, such as you don't know, you don't know what I'm talking about. No. Yeah. It was like no. one of those like things where, you yeah. know, she was just like destroyed by the internet and it made the rounds. But then like more recently I saw it go around. Um, I think it might've been like Joel Wagoner, um, Alicia Umfress apparently did some cabaret at Joe's pub and they set that ridiculous, like beauty pageant spiraling, like couldn't answer the question monologue into like a, a song basically. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, for me, that was like your love hate thing with Pasek and Paul because I was watching it and like hysterically laughing oh, and I was obsessed yes, with that yes. South Carolina thing when it came out beauty pageant thing and I was thinking to myself now why in the hell did I not think to do that <laughs> it's right, like, right, that right, is like right. squarely in my wheelhouse and it is quite funny so I will also share that with all of you and oh my god I think, and I think that should I think we should close out with a I think we should close out. Yeah. I th what else is there to say? There is such as the brothers are dead. Yeah, the, the, their bodies are strewn on the stage, and, and it only their, takes their her is singing. And it only takes her a short theater beat, couple seconds to start singing a pop song. <clears throat> um, Until right. next time. Well, what's it has been a pleasure. Yeah, to talk to you to serve to you. you. Sorry. I meant to to the listeners. Yes, of course. No, uh, trust me, I um, understood. Good. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back. We'll be back. Till next time. All right. Bye. No hope. No hope. No hope. There is